You're listening to Beltway Beef, official commentary from the National Cattlemen's Beef Association's Washington, D.C. office. Welcome back to the Beltway Beef podcast. This is Ashley, and today I'm joined by Mary Thomas Hart, and she's the environmental counsel here at NCBA. And Mary Thomas, there has been a lot of news this week about sustainability and in President Biden's climate plan and all things that relate to that. And a lot of those things probably have an impact on the cattle industry. So wanted to get you on just to talk about that. Thanks, Ashley. Thanks for having me on. Um, I think it's important to kind of look at all of the different actions we've seen from the Biden administration separately because they are all separate actions. Um, So the first week of President Biden's administration, he issued an executive order entitled Tackling Climate Change at Home and Abroad. Um, And that really kind of gave us a broad picture of what we can expect to see from the administration in the next four years. Um, There was one particular policy that kind of uh, caught our attention, and it was a call to conserve 30% of America's lands and waters by 2030. Um, That has been kind of casually called the 30 by 30 policy. Um, And how is that going to be implemented? We're not quite sure yet. Um, so we've, we've heard that there's maybe some, some internal progress being made, um, but that, that hasn't been made public. I think, you know, for cattle producers, we are America's original conservationists, you know, and, and cattle production provides such a significant environmental benefit. And when the administration talks about conserving land and water resources, we think that cattle production and ruminant grazing is, is a key part in conserving land and water resources. So we're certainly going to, uh, I think, be able to have a good story to tell when it comes to engaging in the development of the 30 by 30 policy. Um, The next policy that that some listeners may have heard of came out of the president's climate summit, and that was last week. So the president invited 40 national leaders from around the world to join an international climate summit. And as a part of that summit, President Biden set a goal for the United States to reduce 50% of its CO2 emissions or or carbon dioxide emissions by 2030, um, and then to have a net zero economy by 2050. Um, I think that in the news, we've seen some people connect that to a mandated reduction in beef consumption, but fortunately, we haven't seen any language like that come out of the Biden administration. Um, A lot of the focus seems to be on oil and gas production um, and other kind of major sources of greenhouse gas emissions. So uh, we will certainly continue to be involved as the Biden administration develops its climate policy. But so far, the, the language from the administration has been that agriculture and cattle production is a climate solution. Well, I think it's important to note, and and I'm glad that you explicitly said that the climate summit and 30 by 30 and and just the overall climate plan and agenda um, are kind of running on separate tracks and they're different things. So it's important to understand what each of those is and really take them as separate things so that we can make sure that in all of those things, the the cattle industry and, and the needs are represented, but probably more importantly, we're telling the positive story that cattle producers have to tell. I think it definitely provides us an excellent opportunity to talk about all of the environmental benefits of cattle production, especially in the United States. You know, our natural landscape allows us to graze cattle without deforesting. That's an excellent story that 
there are other countries in the world who don't get to tell that and we get to um, and it's so exciting ranches are, are natural water filters they are a haven for wildlife there are so many environmental benefits in addition to our carbon sequestration potential so uh, looking at our climate impact and then even beyond that to our broader environmental impact, cattle production in the United States has a great story to tell. Well, and speaking of telling that story, it sounds like the administration has been really interested in, in hearing cattle producer stories and um, engaging different stakeholders on their plan. So I know that there was a request for comment on climate smart agriculture practices and NCBA was involved in that. So can you talk a little bit to you know what we said and then what we expect to come from that? Sure. So at the beginning of you know our conversation, I talked about the president's executive order entitled Tackling the Climate Crisis at Home and Abroad. That was kind of an umbrella policy, um, and it sent agencies on a lot of different directions in order to kind of find the best solutions that would help us tackle the climate crisis, as the administration called it. Um, so USDA, in their first step uh, to implement this executive order, um, they put out a request for comment and, and CBA submitted some input to the US Department of Agriculture, kind of highlighting really what we think is most important as USDA seeks to implement this executive order on climate change. And you know, some of the things that we highlighted included the preservation and increased access to voluntary conservation programs. You know, through NRCS and FSA, farms and ranches all over the country have access to cost share and technical assistance that is vital in implementing conservation uh, conservation practices. Um, so increasing the accessibility to those programs, reducing regulatory burdens and red tape, uh, that's going to be so important going forward. In addition to talking about the increase in NRCS programs, we discussed the importance of ensuring access to farm loans and loan guarantees. Um, there have been some calls, primarily in the private sector, to use climate as a determining factor in deciding whether a farm or ranch should get access to FSA loans and loan guarantees. Um, that is not the intent of the Farm Service Agency, quite frankly. Um, it's to ensure that otherwise high-risk loans are given low-interest loans and, and are uh, easily accessible, you know, and, and accessible by all producers. Um, so that was, that was a big part of our comments. The last thing that I'll mention is our, our mention of catastrophic wildfire and the important tool that ranching and, and ruminant grazing can play in managing the risk of catastrophic wildfire. I think, you know, wildfire is something that people certainly see as a symptom of climate change, but there's a way to treat it and there's a way to prevent it. And, and cattle are definitely a part of that um, equation. Well, certainly appreciate you and your team working on those comments. I think what NCBA said really helps capture the entire scope of what the cattle industry is because there's there's a lot going on there. You know, producers in the East are facing different challenges than producers in the West. And I think those comments are really important to kind of capture the entire story and in the needs of the cattle industry throughout the country. Last but certainly not least, we saw some legislation introduced this week. Um, one of the pieces of legislation would uh, prevent the regulation of livestock emissions. And then the other one provided a little bit more flexibility for 
harvesting and, and grazing of cover crops on prevent plant acres. Can you talk just a little bit about what those are and, and what they mean for producers? Sure. Um, you mentioned the highlights, but it has been a busy week in the world of environmental and conservation legislation. We saw two bipartisan bills come out of the U.S. Senate, which is always exciting. Um, the first is the Livestock Regulatory Protection Act of 2021, and that bill seeks to prohibit EPA from regulating greenhouse gas emissions from livestock biological processes. Now, that's a lot of fancy terminology to say we don't want EPA regulating cow belches and that EPA doesn't have the authority to regulate cow belches under the Clean Air Act. Um, this is a really exciting piece of legislation. I think it sends an important message to producers across the country about what Congress prioritizes when it's considering climate policy um, and that it really does see beef production in the United States as a climate solution. Um, I would encourage anyone listening to call your senators and ask them to support the Livestock Regulatory Protection Act of 2021. The second bill dropped this week was the Cover Crop Flexibility Act, and it was co-sponsored by Senators Thune and Stabenow. And a couple years ago, I believe in 2019, um, we had some late spring freezes followed by some really heavy flooding in the spring and a lot of prevent plant claims filed with the Risk Management Agency. Um, and part of that program allows producers to plant cover crop on their prevent plant acreage. Um, but because there was a, an expected forage shortage coming in the fall, um, we wanted to make sure that producers were able to graze that cover crop or, you know, pay it or harvest it for forage without losing their prevent plant payment. Um, and we were able to do that through a one-time kind of exception from USDA. But this bill, the Cover Crop Flexibility Act, seeks to make that flexibility permanent. So we're looking forward to that. And I think anytime we can get increased flexibility in these programs, the easier it's going to be for producers to have access and to receive a real benefit. Yeah, two important uh, pieces of legislation there and both NCBA backed. Uh, so really appreciate that, uh, you know, again, you and your team are in there talking to members of Congress on both sides of the aisle to make sure that, you know, cattle producers and, and their needs are being represented here in D.C. But really appreciate you being on the podcast today and, and sharing all the hard work that's being done here in D.C. on behalf of cattle producers. Thanks for having me on, Ashley. This has been another episode of Beltway Beef, official commentary from the National Cattlemen's Beef Association's Washington, D.C. office. Don't forget to check us out online at policy.ncba.org or catch the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, including Spotify at Beltway Beef, also on Twitter at Beltway Beef. We'll see you next time.